What's up, guys? The second week of the WGT closest to the whole challenge is over, and we have another winner to announce this week. Taking it down is Ryan Oldford, who did the impossible and actually managed to make the hole in one, which is absolutely ridiculous. I haven't seen a single ace from anyone yet, but... He did it. He managed to put it in the hole, and that means he wins either a free DNVR shirt or a gift card to a local restaurant. Ryan, if you are listening, go ahead and send an email to lindsay at thednvr.com. That's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y at thednvr.com, and she will get you all squared away with your awesome prize for everyone else it is a new week and we have a new challenge as always you're going to want to head to freewgt.com to download the game and from there you can get the game all set up and you'll be good to go to play in the competition from there what you're going to want to do is go to the closest to the whole challenge as i mentioned it's really easy to set up once you get through the tutorial that teaches you how to play the game, all you have to do is click a few buttons and you'll be in and ready to compete. What you're going to want to do is select the right course. And this week we are going to go with, hmm, let's see, I haven't actually selected a course yet. Let's go Pebble Beach, hole number four. Does that sound good, AJ? As long as somebody doesn't ace it again, yeah. Yeah, right. I know. I want a chance to actually like compete for the top spot. I know I don't get to win a shirt or anything, but right. I, I mean, I want this to be kind of competitive, right? And like, this is something we actually get to do with our listeners, right? Uh, instead of just being like, "Hey, just go do whatever we tell you to." Like, this is this is something we actually get to participate in. And if you just keep getting holes in one, then yeah, we just get bodied by holes. You know. <laughs> Like, it's like, all right, well, competition over. That guy wins. <laughs> well, so there you go. Pebble Beach, hole number four. Once you get your shot closest to the hole as you can, send it in either tagging us on Twitter or to info at thednvr.com for your chance to win this week's prize of a free shirt or gift card. And as always, you don't have to win the week. All you have to do is enter to get a raffle ticket for the grand prize at the end, which is either a tickets to an abs game or a free, well, free for you Jersey of your choosing. If you are out of state. So that's mm. freewgt.com to download the game closest to the whole challenge. Get in there and win yourself some free stuff. All righty. Let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goals now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their Colorado locations or use their online checkout at mygreensolution.com to check out online and save time to just go pick up in stores at 
anytime. We are also offering a special deal for veterans as it is that time of the year. They get 30% off if you are a veteran at any Green Solution location. Highly recommend it. Even if you're not a veteran, you can use code DNBR20 for 20% off your purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are here to talk about a much more positive light on the Avs after they picked up their second win in a row over the weekend against Columbus. And the hero at the top of the pedestal is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Kale McCarr, who now has six points in his last three games and was just awarded a three stars of the week honor. Is it? We spent all summer trying to temper expectations on Kale McCarr. Right. Yeah, I know. And like, and we talked about this being a distinct possibility that he could come out of the gates really hot. You know, he was going to get top power play time. He was going to get all these opportunities that most rookie defensemen just don't get. And he's made good on him. But then there's also been these flashes of like the other night where, all right, I'm just going to dominate the game now. Sorry, guys. And it was just like, dude, like you're in your 17th NHL game, like regular season game. What in the world is going on? Like this is this is so impressive. Uh, the kid is is truly a special hockey player. I I don't know how else to put it other than as a 21 year old in his first NHL season, he's already doing other things that defensemen that win Norris trophies do not do. Yeah, I I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, and I I could because I compared him to Allen Iverson, and. Yeah. I thought, and and the only reason I make that comparison is because there's just hockey players. You have to work a lot harder to shake a defender, right? To get loose and find some, find some space, you know, now, now there's guys like McKinnon and McDavid and, and Crosby that are able to do like special, special things, but even they, it just looks different yeah. than what McCarr is able to do. You know, the, the head fake and the the way that he's like the the way that he's able to draw defenders in and get them to focus on something other than the puck to create space dude I, it's crazy to me because that's what that's what he does that's what separates him it's what makes him special there and we saw that ability you know the the first goal, the one where he had jumped in and used the extra space. I mean, he even freezes the defender there and he doesn't know, you know, the guy doesn't know where it's, you know, Oh, what's going to happen. What's, what's McCarr going to do. And McCarr was able to freeze him. And then that opened up that shooting lane for him to put it where he did. I mean, it's just special, man. I, does he have the best head fake in the NHL? Like, legitimately. I, like straight up. It's crazy that that is what is creating the space for him. It's awesome. I don't, I, I would have to watch more of, I've, I've been lax uh, on my watching of the other, uh, other NHL teams this year, but I would say right now that head fake has to be like upper echelon at the very least. I don't know about best just because I'm not comfortable going that far, but like top tier. Like, come on, man. It's it's so good. The thing that almost impresses me more, obviously the, the offensive play is great, but 
as we've seen him start to gain that confidence with the puck through the neutral zone, the kid is just ridiculous. I mean, he makes NHL forwards just look like they've never tried to forecheck in their lives at times. Yeah. And the pressure he puts on them on the back check because of the way that he jumps into the play. Uh, I mean, it's great. I don't know what a Dean Kukin is, but that poor man looked <laughs> gassed trying to chase down Kale McCarr on the two-on-one where he scored his second goal. And everything about him is just – he blows people away all the time, whether it's with his speed or with his agility. We saw it in, not only on that second goal, but in the second period when Nick Felino tried to take a run at him, he just casually sidestepped him and Felino just goes down to the ice. Yeah. And that was, that was the first time Felino took a run at yeah. someone in that game. I'm sure we'll get to the second time as well. Sure. Well, but I honestly, I'm that, that should be when we look back on this season like we could look back at this last week as his coming out party because he was great all week. He was awesome in the Nashville game, but it was, it was harder to get really excited about just him because they had five guys who had three point nights in that game. So his three point night kind of got lost in it. Right. Like it's. And, and just the way that he followed it up and it was a really well-earned third star of the week in the NHL. He was awesome. Yeah, I think that pretty much nails it on the head. He now leads all rookies in points by five or six, I believe. Well, he's just the best rookie scorer by far as a defenseman. And sure, he gets some secondary assists and things like that. But that's a skill in and of itself. As I said, with his breakout, he finds his way to points. Right. And like anybody that wants to to, to try and... She, you know, oh, well, secondary, he's getting these secondary assists, you know, is every, does every point Quinn Hughes have, is it a primary point? Of course not. Like, is <laughs> that, is that is, even if it is, is that going to keep up all year long? Like, come on, get out of here. And you know, you could call second points and your secondary assists noise all you want. And maybe they're not quote unquote repeatable, but get out of here. The dude is and- creating offense. He's pushing the play. He's on the right side of scoring chances every night. He's a monster. The, the man is a monster. With the two-goal night as well, he now has as many goals as anyone except for the Victor Golovsin himself. Oh, so the Golovsin. Oh, who has stopped goalsing completely? Yeah, right. So He's now know, Victor Golovsin. Makar has settled in to his role and, and clearly the abs trust him completely as he has played games with over 20 minutes a night, not always, but still very involved in the abs offense. Oh, dude, driving the bus. Like they, they are much more of a uh, group uh, offense by committee is what I'm trying to say. It's an offense by committee right now. And from the back end, I mean, I mean, Gerard was great on Saturday too. Certainly don't want to make him feel left out. Those guys have to step up and do it. That's what they have to do. Uh, if until those big guns get back, until you know some of the depth starts to get a little bit healthy and they're able to get back to uh, scoring the way that they were built to score, 
this is what they have to do. And when that when those guys do get back, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerard, they've got to continue to drive the bus from the back end. They do. It's it's pretty straightforward to me. I mean, obviously Kale McCarr scoring at the rate that he is does a whole lot for that defensive core as far as their production goes. Gerard, personally, I think he did need to step it up a bit and obviously came through big for the Avs against Columbus. We'll get into that probably in the second segment, but I do want to take a little bit of a look at Makar just to, you talked about tempering expectations. The start of the season has been fantastic. Makar would run away with the call there if he keeps up at this pace and it wouldn't even be close. Oh my gosh. I'm right now. If this pace, if this kind of pace were to continue, he would be top five in the North voting. Yeah, legitimately, he is top five in defensive scoring as we speak. Yeah. So he would seriously compete for it. But we talked about it during the offseason. Even if there is a hot start, the college wall is going to happen. Now there is absolutely a world where Makar busts through that wall like it's nothing. But mid-December into January, don't be surprised at all if this tails off quite a bit. Right. And, you know, we, we talked about that, um, th- that we, we've seen enough college guys hit that wall over time. Um, even if that does happen, I mean, I, when we talked in, you know, him hitting a 50 point pace and all that preseason, uh, I did the math the other day, it would take him, he would have to go scoreless in his next 12 games for him to drop all the way down to a 50 point pace. So even if he does hit that wall, he's still in line for one of the better rookie seasons. Now uh, that the, in modern history, you know, Dion Phaneuf's to, I think 2005, 2006 season when he had 49 points and Tyler Myers is 2009, 2010 when he had 48. So that's the, that's where we, and he's, I mean, he's got 17 points right now. No faith that it'll break the non-modern record of 76 points by a defense. By Larry Murphy? I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think, uh, sure, why not? There's a chance. I don't want to, this is the kind of special dude that I really don't want to count out. It's possible. It it might take more than a, a few Breckenridge beers to get me really convinced on that one, but... I can drink to that, so it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 here in Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm sure you've heard of a number of their beers from me, if not elsewhere, by now. Today, let's talk about AJ's favorite, the Strawberry Sky. It is one of the easiest beers to drink out there, straight up. It just tastes like kind of strawberry soda, essentially, but it's also beer. You cannot go wrong with it. Super nice flavor, super light. You could drink a bunch of them, at least from a stomach feel. It would not be that heavy to actually drink, really. They make a bunch of great beers, and if you're like the the fruitier, flavier, flavorier, that's not a word, but close enough. If you like that type of beers, highly recommend the Strawberry Sky as one that you can sip on pretty much any night. So 
look for it at your local Davidson's or any other liquor store or any Breckenridge beer for that matter. And also keep an eye on the DNBR.com and the Breckenridge event calendar. I believe our next event coming up is the Nuggets live podcast watch party event on the 21st, which is at Blake Street Tavern. So that should be a good time. That Nuggets team is is starting much like the abs team did this year. Very, very good to start out of the blocks. All right, we will go ahead and take our first break here, and we will come back with more from that Columbus game. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Happy Veterans Day. That's the right one. It is Veterans Today, yes? Yes. Sweet. Good. I didn't mess up all my days. Happy Veterans Day to all of the veterans out there. Again, you can get 30% off at any Green Solution location. I'm Rudo. He's still AJ. We're still here talking Avs. The injuries are starting to spiral completely and entirely out of control for the Avalanche as Pierre-Edouard Belmar went down in the Columbus game off of a pretty brutal hit from Nick Foligno. We mentioned him taking a run at Makar. His very next shift, he takes a run at Belmar in the neutral zone and catches him with an elbow to the chin. Belmar is concussed. It sounds like it's not too bad, though. Yeah, uh, we got word um, after the game that it looked like it was going to be okay Um, in in terms of concussions. You know, that's that's always relative, right? You know, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. It, concussions uh, are very mercurial, but. Right. Like a concussion is kind of its own sliding scale of um, potentially good, bad, all those things. So um, I think that, uh, I think Belmars is going to be, well, not going to be, it has a chance to be okay uh, in comparison to you know, like what we saw with some of these other guys, like, like Timmons, of course. Um, uh, he, I believe they said that he was going on the trip today after practice. So, uh, you know, there were, there were like 10 injury updates in that thing. Um, but really encouraging progress, at least from, you know, two days out. It's, it sounds like it could have been a whole lot worse. And, um, Felino's having a hearing, so we'll see what the uh, ultimate uh, punishment ends up being there. How do you feel about this? Because the hit in a vacuum, I don't think it was great, but maybe would have given Felino a bit of a pass if it wasn't for that initial run at Makar. Um... I I think that there's a decent chance the majority of the damage done to Belmar happened when his head hit the ice and not on the hit itself. Definitely fair. Because if you look at the two impacts, I'm purely guessing on that, but one of those looked a lot worse than the other. And I thought I thought when his head hit the ice, that's where, oh man, that's when I was like, oh buddy, please be okay. Um, but I, you know, you don't, it's, (laughs) it was, it was a, it was an illegal hit. I thought that it was appropriately a punished, uh, appropriately punished with 
a major penalty. I don't I don't know that I would suspend him longer than a game or two. You're kinder than me, I guess. I want at least two games, but I don't know that he'll get any more than that. Why? Because of the trying to push through the period. It was... I don't think he was trying to injure anyone intentionally as in headhunting or in that regard, but he was clearly running around. He was yeah. clearly trying to make a big hit. The hit itself, he's rising and jumping into it and sticks the elbow out. Was it a bit of an awkward situation? Yes. Did Belmar have his head down in the neutral zone? Yeah, a little bit, but Felino knows better than to do that. You have to be able to control your body and make a clean hit. Yeah, I would agree. I definitely agree with you there that you you have to be in control of what you're doing. Um, but I'm I, I I think we have to factor in them also here that there was a major penalty assessed. You know, they were already pretty severely punished for it, um, and so that's that's one reason why I don't think that we'll see much more than two games. I think it's going to be two games. I mean, I agree with you. I think the dopes will put it at about two games, but if you want to remove these hits from the game, like the NHL says, it's real easy to slap a bigger suspension on there and people will be more careful. Uh, Yeah. And you know, I've talked on this podcast with multiple people over the last few years that if you really want to 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 legislate these hits out of the game, that's what you do. You yeah. you give a guy a five game suspension when he otherwise would get one or two. You know, you give him a seven to ten game suspension for something. That's that puts it in their mind. If you do something stupid, you know, you miss one or two games. One or two games, anything can happen. You miss ten games. That's a lot of money out of your pocket. And that's a lot of, you know, that's that's a lot of uh, the season that you've missed out. It's an eighth of the season that you will have missed out because you did something stupid on the ice. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a, I think those are different conversations. You want to really take the, those hits out of the game. That's how you penalize it. You be overly harsh with the punishments until, until people chill out. Um, I just, I don't think that's realistic. Um, sure. So I just, you know, a conversation for a different pod, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, and I think it's a legitimate conversation. I really do. I, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. You know, we've seen, we've seen the NHL act this way for years now. And when it comes to, when it comes to punishing uh, dirty hits and questionable plays, the observers, the fans, you know, media, none of we never get the pound of flesh we want. Sure. And I'll I'll leave it there as there are plenty of other abs injuries to talk about here. Miko Rantanen skating by himself, but skating at this point. Not going to go on the trip by the sound of it, but not too far away. Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, uh he skated for the first time today on his own. Um, won't go on the trip initially. And I think that's encouraging is that they're saying, well, he won't be on the first part of the trip. You know, they're on a five game trip. You know, they're going to have, I think five games and I believe it'll be nine or 10 days. Um, 
it's there's there's a chance that you know as they continue to work with uh i, I to work with Sean Laird uh back in in Denver and we've seen there's a lot of upside in working with him uh i think maybe one of the things that the abs have benefited the most from since his hiring is the way that he's been able to prepare guys to jump right back into the lineup and not be rusty uh, when when they are returning from injury. We've seen it a number of times. Guys have come back and have credited their work with him. Um, so I think leaving him in Denver for right now, if he's not able to practice, um, let him get a, a solid week of skating in, and then maybe you talk about him being able to go for the Minnesota game uh, Thursday of next week. Given the abs have won both these games at home and taken the pressure off a little bit, there's no reason to rush anything, right? Oh, totally. 100%. I mean, you can you can be cool with this. Uh, those two wins, and that was really the big value in the two wins, is that you're not pressing. Now, you're not going into a five-game road trip with... Um, you know, a, a seven game losing streak or something, you know, you're, you're going in feeling good. You've gotten four points. Now you're feeling, you know, you're back at your second in your, in the division and you're right there in the thick of it again. And all the bad feelings from before in the, in the lead up to the Nashville game are gone. Yeah, I, right. It, it's very easily kind of put up behind them. They're now, two, three, and one in their last six games. Very close to that 500 mark that we kind of talked about with no Ranson and no Landeskog. So speaking yeah. of Landeskog, he's not healthy, not skating, but has been seen out of the boot at least. So again, some progress there. Yeah, you know that uh, less exciting to me. Yeah. Uh, just because we, you know, we saw on Halloween night, you know, Rantanen right. was out of his boot too, and didn't really accelerate anything. Yeah, did it? it did not mean it. It did not mean anything ultimately. So, um, you know, that's it's it's nice to see that he's, you know, that's what that boot is for is that he can take it off, put it back on. It's not it's not like a severe injury, um. But he's got to mitigate it. And, you know, like the, the Mile High Dreams gala and stuff, you know, he's not going to wear the boot. Right. It's it's not severe enough to wear a boot every waking moment, obviously. Well, and especially around a bunch of fans and stuff, you know, with the way that the organization tries to <clears throat> tries to control yeah. information about injuries yeah. and all that. They're not just going to put it right out on blast out there, I don't think. So. For sure. Uh, a couple more injuries. The one that is sounds like fairly close is Grubauer. Again, someone who sounds like will at least join the Avs on the trip, even if he doesn't end up in Winnipeg for this coming Tuesday game. He doesn't seem very far oh. away. Yeah, no, he practiced today, and uh, uh, I just beat your score, so I'm good. Wow, AJ's just gonna drop in and beat my three foot score on on Pebble Creek number four. Okay, I see Pebble, how it is. Pebble Beach number Pebble, four. Pebble Beach Creek, you know, where yeah. it's 
Yeah. Mine hit right. the, it hit the pin, so that gave me a real uh there would have been there would have been an active celebration had I aced that. And we're going back. We're getting a hole in one after this pot is done. So. <laughs> this is what we're doing today. We're just gonna sit here <laughs> yeah. and uh, talk to each other while we play while we play virtual golf all day. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, Grubauer practiced and he uh you know I, I believe Evan said that he practiced before. Uh, did not participate in the full practice, so he'll go on the trip. It uh, doesn't sound like he'll be quite ready for Tuesday against Winnipeg, but I think pretty much any time after that, we'll be, it, we'll be looking for Warner to head back to the Eagles. Yeah, and that's good news for the Avs. Uh, Francois has played well, which is, is good to see. He looks like a backup, I'm not going to lie, but he definitely did a great job in the Columbus game keeping the abs close and, and allowing them to, to pull it off. Yeah. I think the, uh, some still some real shaky stuff from Francois, but ultimately locked it down two goals. Uh, I, <laughs> I do feel good about Francois as the backup. Uh, if Grubauer is out long-term, I would be very uncomfortable. Right. It's, we still haven't seen Werner play at all, which would have to come into account if, if yeah. Grubauer's out a little bit longer. And as much as I like Werner and as well as he's played in the AHL for a team really trying to compete for home ice in the playoffs, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, there's an obvious, I think there's an obvious uh, gap between Grubauer, Francois and uh, you know, and a goalie with eight games in North America under his belt. Right. Like, well, it, you know, I would, Werner is just a different, you know, that's, we're hope we're, you're hopeful that Werner takes Francois's job in two years, you know, something like that. So, right. That's, you know, it's nice that he's up and he's getting practice and he's getting work with, uh, with Parkala and he's with the team and all that. Cool for him. Um, Evan will probably even have a Werner story just because I know he's been really he's been really wanting to write one. Um, I I do think that they they're going to need Grubauer back for this trip. Uh, this he's their guy, and I think that I'm looking forward to seeing what Grubauer can do when he gets back. He's a he's a beast. No argument from what he's done up to this point in this season. Just real quick, last couple of injury notes. Colin Wilson's still a complete mystery at this point, and it sounds like there's a couple of other guys that are kind of dealing with some minor stuff. I think Evan mentioned Kadri as, as kind of fighting some things. Uh, yeah, there's a handful of guys who are all battling something right now. But, you know, Zadorov, two plates, some screws put in his face. Back on the ice today. I just want to shout out that toughness. I think I think that's awesome. That's such a hockey player thing. Yeah, is there any other sport that like players play within the week that they have to get their jaw wired shut? <laughs> yeah, I I really don't know. I mean, you can I you can in football, but like football's infrastructure is just so different. You know, it's not so much about toughness as it is. If you miss a week of practice, you have none of the game plan, none of the preparation for that team. Uh, 
you know, and, and in hockey, you don't really have to do that because you don't, you don't specifically plan for teams outside of watching a video session. And, oh, Felino got three games. Wow. Colors yeah. surprised. Gotta like it. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't do it again. Right. You can do it again. You get 10. But. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's some that's some news right there for you yep. to end off this second segment. Three games for Felino for that hit on Belmar. We will wrap it up as Felino will be paying a, a hefty price as far as it coming out of his paycheck. If you are dealing with nice. anything that comes to that, it's time to go to Symbiotax to address your tax needs. <laughs> kind of butchered it, but we almost got there. Symbiotax and administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and George over at Symbiotax is a proud DNVR subscriber and diehard Avs fan. Whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Or if you're not getting paid for your suspension from the NHL, I'm sure they could help you with that as well. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call Symbiotax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O-Tax.com. Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. Those are our codes over on the DNVR.com. If you want to help us out, we're still trying to win that year's supply of Breckenridge Brewery for whoever gets the most memberships of annual or higher signed up with the DNVR. I haven't actually looked at the scores. I don't know if you have, AJ, but I'm I- not. I think we are closing the gap a little bit by the sound I, of it. I think we are as well. Um, I've seen, I haven't looked at the, the scores for all of them, but I've seen a couple of subs come in, a couple of the new memberships come in with our codes. So I think, uh, I think we're heading in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we ask that you guys continue to support us. Even if you just like the pod and you don't care about anything that we write, um, you know, you could certainly still show some love and, and support us with the, you know, taking the plunge with the membership. Yeah. It, it really is great content. I know if you just want to support us, that's great, but I love making content that I like, and I yeah. like just about everything we make at the DNVR. So, yeah. And I'm uh finally long overdue, but I'm finally getting out my first film room in the regular season today. There you go. Slacker. You're already behind me in that regard. I know. I, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you've been a busy guy. It is. It has been an interesting season for me so far. <laughs> All right. Well, let's actually talk about this Columbus game because we've kind of danced around it. We talked about the Belmar injury. We talked about Kale McCarr being a beast. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this game. It was a great hockey game to watch. It was just fun. It, blowing out Nashville 9-4 to was awesome in every way, but that wasn't a competitive hockey game by halfway through the second period. Right. I mean, six goals in eight minutes was really cool to see, but after that, you were left with... 30 minutes. Right, well. There's still some hockey that they have to play, I guess. Yeah, I guess we got to finish this thing out. Right. 
but not only that, but for the Avs, I think this was a really big step because the way they played in this game was very sustainable, in my opinion. Uh, I liked the offense. Uh, I thought that defensively they got opened up a little bit too much. They played a little too loose. Uh, but also, I I think this might have been the first game this season with this particular defensive lineup. If not, it was only be the second. Uh, without Zatorov and with Barbario and Cole and Graves all in there together. Uh, that's... You know, those are all those are all like third pairing, second pairing at their absolute best kind of guys with third pairing downsides, you know, and it's that's that's a very limited group there. You know, they all they all do different things well, but, you know, Graves and and Cole especially are a little bit redundant, Uh, but on any given night, the decision making can just be a total nightmare from any of them. And we saw flashes of that from all three of them. All three of those guys handled the puck like they just didn't care about it. Like it was practice. You know, there were some decisions that were just awful. And then there were some there were some great plays with the puck. Each guy, you know, the uh, Cole kickstarted the breakout that led to McCarr's first goal. Graves picked up another assist. You know, Barb's always has a couple of moments every game where he does he does slick little things with the puck to to get it to either get himself out of trouble or to push the pace. You know, they but there were all the downsides too. It was a very up and down game for the defense as a whole. Uh and Makar and Gerard were awesome. They were by, by far their best on the back end. That's uh, somewhat understandable to me. I that's just kind of the way the Avs are are built for the moment. When Makar and Gerard step up, the defense is going to look good. And then the the person in the middle there is EJ, who kind of has to bridge the gap at times. Yeah, you know, EJ's, EJ's a guy we've talked a little bit about uh, as yeah. an interesting guy where his role is kind of pulled back the reins a little bit on his offense. Uh, I think we've seen him open it up a little bit more in the last week because he has to. I mean, they need him to be getting out and doing his thing. Right. It's And he, he has. He picked up a couple of assists in that Nashville game. He, he's certainly been a bit more active. I don't mind the defense being open up like that because I do think the Avs play better in that open style of game. Getting in against someone like Columbus, where sure, they are giving up some dangerous chances, but they're getting them back the other way as well, unlike these smothering defensive games. Yeah, I I think we saw... We've, we've talked about how like St. Louis and Arizona give Colorado problems, you know, because they want to put whatever, whatever the whatever your perceived uh, reason is for that, no, the physicality or the system or whatever. Uh, we saw Columbus, you know, you would think with, with Tortorella would want to play something similar, but with all the sk- speed and skill that they've ended up putting into that lineup, they they wanted to get up and down the ice with the abs and they did it. And the abs just did it better. It's... <sighs> Certainly with Ranton and Landeskog in the lineup, it's what the Avs are built to do. And there's still enough there to continue doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think anytime you get into 
a game of trading chances, uh, Colorado's going to be there. You know, Bur- guys like Burakovsky and McCarr and McKinnon and uh, and Kadri, you know, th- those guys are, they can all make plays. They can all finish. They can all do things at a high level. They all have that capability. So even without the the, the horses up front, you know, without Landy and, and Rantanen, they can still finish. They can still play that, but they have to be more of the transition team that they're built to be in order to get that out of them. If they get stuck, you know, playing these slower tempo games where it's all about chip and chase, uh, grind out more of a cycle possession, they're nowhere near as uh, dangerous offensively. Uh, they just, you know, they're, they're, they just aren't. The speed and skill is what they do, and that translates to scoring in transition off the rush. Uh, they and, and where Colorado's going to have to adjust is finding a way to produce enough offense in those games when they are getting slowed down. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to ask. Obviously, against Columbus, it fit their game plan pretty well. But yeah. how can they impose their will on the game more effectively against those slower teams? Uh, you know, you have to you have to get out a little bit. You know, you have to you have to put more pressure. You have to put more pressure on their defense. You can't you can't let them kind of dictate what you are and are not going to do. You have to push back on it. You know, they want, you know, those teams uh, want to limit your, your rush chances. Well, then you force that. You don't just take that and say, okay, we're cool with it. You know, like, okay, well, we'll just play your game. You have to you have to push even harder, maybe than you know than than to just acquiesce. You need a Vlad Kamenev banking passes off the glass for the breakout to, well, to exactly them. you know yeah. or you know like Kadri chipping the puck up the board to create the two on one that uh, McCarr right. scored his second goal on. You know Some... that's a great chip where he says, okay, well we can we can handle the speed. Uh, or you know we we've got the speed to 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 beat you guys, so we're gonna get out. We're gonna race up in the ice, and you know I trust our guys to go and get this puck. More of that, you know, more more of creating uh, advantages where your or situations where your team has the advantage where they can they can skate under pucks. You know, maybe flipping it up high uh, instead of instead of off the glass as much, where guys can read the bounce. You know, just. I just think that it's it's a at bit the point more creativity needed, maybe. Yeah, and and maybe to play a little bit of a risky game, a high wire act. You know, you play a high a high risk, high reward kind of kind of style, just to loosen them up. You've got to be able to peel peel apart the layers of the opposing defense. Yeah, on at some point, you've got to do that. You've got to do that, and they just. <sighs> Well, I mean, let's take a look at the other side of this coin, though. Once the Avs got the lead, I thought they played fantastic in the third period. It was everything I'd been asking this team to do for years of don't turtle, keep the offensive pressure up while playing smart. And that's exactly what they did. They ended up out shooting Columbus 10 to 7 in the third period, even with giving up two questionable power plays. Right. They locked it down, man. And I keep I keep banging away at this on this podcast that the PK is good, but it's good. 
It is. And you'll get no argument from me in that. And that's game. Yeah. that is that is a big part of uh, that third period that they were able to just lock it down. I mean, they they were doing a good job. Forwards were doing a good job pressuring pucks and denying the zone entries. Defensemen were doing a really good job getting in shooting lanes, both sticks and bodies. And I just think that they are that unit right now is seriously coming together. The PK unit, it looks like it has gelled and figured out who they want to be. And incredible how such a small difference in the way they play can make such a huge impact. And, and how little they end up missing Patrick Nemeth as quickly as it, as as it has been, you know, I thought it would take 40 games to replace him, get somebody in there. You've got to figure it out. He was a huge part of it. Ryan Graves has seamlessly taken that job, you know, and Graves at even strength, still a work in progress on the PK. That dude's awesome. He might be their best PK defenseman right now. He, the PK is easy for him, right? When you take more structure and give it to him, that's where he excels. The more structure you can give him, the easier it is for him to make decisions. And that PK is very, very structured. Absolutely. And we saw, you know, he wasn't a great AHL player came up and why is, why is it that he fits into the NHL? Because he, he knows his role within a structure. Now in the PK, you simplify it even more. He doesn't even have to worry about the other half of the ice. He gets to just do what he does defensively. And it has fit him perfectly. He is straight up, earning a, a multi-year contract with his play right now, just on the PK. If he's if his even strength play trends more towards the good than some of the bad that we've seen, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get he's gonna get he's not gonna be looking at one of those really expensive one way contracts for an a, a borderline AHL guy that, you know, oh, he can make nine hundred and fifty K in the AHL this year. This is a guy that's looking at maybe you know, looking at like a $2 million contract if his even strength play starts to match his PK play. Yeah, I mean, it certainly will be a very interesting conversation at the end of the season, given the Avs' current defensive situation and and guys like Timmons and, and Byram next season certainly will be chomping at the bit to get time. Absolutely. Well. It's going to be it's going to be a fight, man. All right. The final thoughts on this game or anything I, else you have? Fran- Franco's shaky, but locked it down. Very encouraging. Love him going for the empty net. Yeah, that was fun. Would have been hilarious if he actually made it. Would have been the first Avs goalie ever to score. Avs are still looking for a goalie yeah, goal. You know, they've, uh, fun fact, uh, they've, Colorado hockey has only been involved in one goalie goal. And uh, it was when Billy Smith scored on the Colorado Rockies. Interesting. I I guess minor league teams not in Colorado don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's the San Antonio one. Yeah. Yeah, Barra. When he, and, oh, that was Reto. I forgot about that. that I, I remembered it had yeah. happened, but I had forgotten that it was Reto. And that he went and celebrated yep. by doing the high fives on the bench, and then it started a huge fight. Yeah, everyone got. And mad it was like maybe it. don't give up a goal to the opposing goalie, guys. <laughs> Shout out well, Reto Barra. I, mean, I loved him. He was such an interesting guy. I, 
is he still playing in Switzerland? Probably, I think he might man. be. He was just just a you know, nothing about him as a goaltender. I don't even want to talk about it. You feel how you feel. <laughs> as a guy, fascinating individual. All right. Well, instead of being like Reto Berra and and leaving your home to go celebrate, maybe Use Total Beverage instead, because they are offering a fantastic deal. They're giving 30, that's right, 30. For the DNVR fam, 30% off your purchase of $75 or more when you use code DNVR2019. You can do it online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download today. And as you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder and Aurora to Brighton. Plus, they have the lowest prices in the state. And they now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Again, 30% off your purchase of $75 or more, and they will deliver it to your front door. Cheers. That's going to do it for this episode of the DNVR podcast. We will, of course, be on again tomorrow as the Avs take on the Winnipeg Jets to kick off that road trip that night. Other than that, yeah, as always, thank you for listening. Shout out again to all of the veterans. Happy Veterans Day. Hope everyone's having a great Monday, and we will talk to you tomorrow.